How is it that there are independent musicians out there who have no ties to any big record labels or financial backing able to get their music heard by millions of people and live out their dreams of being full-time musicians? That's the question, and on this podcast, we will discover the answers together. I'm Leezy the Gifted, and this is the Music Mastery Podcast. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast with your host, Leezy the Gifted. And I have got an extremely special guest coming on here. Uh, this is a mentor of mine, somebody who I've seen come up super, super uh, fast, super crazy, like just done, been doing his thing in the music producer community and in the artist community. For anybody listening to this that is a musician, this is your episode right here, right now. We're going to get to a lot of good music stuff today from somebody who's a huge expert in the space. Um, please help me in welcoming my man, Gabe Schillinger, AKA Legion Beats. What is going on, my guy? Lee, what's up, man? Appreciate you having me on, man. That was quite the intro. I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of yours, man. I love, uh, ever since, ever, ever since we first met your vibe, your energy, you know, that combination of the, the artistic side, plus the entrepreneurial spirit, all that stuff is, is awesome, man. So I'm, I'm a fan of you. So I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I'm honored, bro. Seriously. So man, let's, let's, let I want to just quick get you to just, you know, you've probably talked about this a lot through all your interviews, but just to give my audience a sense of who you are. How'd you get started with music? I kind of know how you grew up. And then maybe quick run people through what you do with Legion Beats and then what you do with MIDI Money. Yeah, for sure. So for me, um, I've now been producing and engineering for just about 20 years. Um, so, it's, you know, two decades worth. I've, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, crazy to look back, actually, and, and think about that. Um, but really, probably the first, I don't know, uh, over over 10 years, I was doing more just kind of like the industry route, right? Trying to do the way that really mostly that's what I saw, especially, you know, at that time I started in my senior year of high school, year 2000, you know, it was back in the day. And it, there was people selling beats online and stuff, but it wasn't as much on my radar. It was like, I'm going to come up, you know, the industry way. I'm going to start working with, you know, first the local artists out here in the Bay Area where, you know, where we're both from. And then, you know, and then try to climb my way up, you know, uh, the industry. And so that's, that's what I did. And I have, you know, my recording studio here and um, started working with a lot of the popular artists out here, especially, you know, as I was coming up at that time with, you know, the E40s and Two Shorts and Mr. Fabs and, you know, all those guys, you know, Bay Area guys. Um, and so it was, you know, I was starting to come up, like, you know, I got a couple songs on the radio, you know, you know, like on KMEL, you know, I had a couple songs that were like, like regular rotation. Um, and I've uh, got a couple TV and film placements, you know, I got um, you know, I worked on an album with Mr. Fab that had, you know, Snoop on it. I got to mix a couple songs with Snoop and, you know, like all kinds of stuff. Got to hear my songs playing at Oracle Arena when I go see the Warriors play. Like, you know, all this stuff where you'd be like, damn, like, kind of feels like you're on, right? Like you made it in some kind of way, or at least like on your way. But I realized I was on this path and it was like 10 plus years in and I did not have a sustainable income from my music. Like I still wasn't there. And I was like, you know, approaching 30 years old and um, in, in our game, that's, that's relatively old, you know? So, um, and just think, you know, do I want to be struggling with this, you know, when I'm 40, when I'm 50, like, you know, and starting to look at like, man, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this, uh, as a real, you know, career for, for the rest of my life, or at least for the next, you know, decade or whatever. And so I was ready to quit. I was like, man, this is, this is it. It's time to give up. You know, I was in a bad place. Um, just, I don't know if you've ever had this, but like, I hated talking about what I was doing. Like, you know, I went, I remember oh my God. I went to like my, uh, you know, one of my best friends from high school, I went to his wedding. It's like, I almost didn't want to go, even though it's like, I like, I like him. I like that old, you know, 
uh, a group of friends, but it was like having those conversations, you know, a lot of those, that particular group, they're like, you know, they're going on to like nice colleges and getting real jobs and making real money. Oh like, mm-hmm. you know, is that, you know, that kind of, um, uh, group of people. And I was just like, man, they're, I felt like they were looking at me like, oh, you're still, still doing that music thing. Still living at your dad's house. Like, cool. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I feel it. You know, and, and it doesn't, I don't even think they felt that way, honestly. Um, I think it was just more for myself, really how I felt. And honestly, that's all that really matters anyways. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep doing this. Um, and then it was sort of like, all right, let me, let me try this internet thing just as like a last resort. You know, if nothing else, let me, let me at least give it a shot. And um, I'm really grateful I did. I never, never would have been on my radar or something that I would get excited about or interested. It was more just like, maybe I can just cover. Oh. I started doing that and I, and I started like. Hey, uh, sorry, you cut out a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, can you hear me now? I think yeah, it's I hear my, you uh, my internet's a little in and out here. It's all good. Um, you said, let me try yeah, this so internet, I'll- this internet thing out. That was the last thing I heard. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I tried it and, and at, at first it wasn't something that I thought was going to be, uh, you know, certainly didn't expect it would take me where it was going to take me. I thought it was more like, all right, you know, maybe it'll be a way that I can kind of float myself for a little while, you know, and, and maybe figure out what the next career move is and just do music for fun or something. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know. Um, but I'm very grateful that I, that I went in that direction Um, because what it ended up doing was opening up this whole new world to me. And I, you know, I started getting, you know, I did like sound click at first and then beat stars and whatever. And, um, just started doing a little bit of research into like, well, if I could get, you know, a little more traffic, maybe I can make a couple more sales in my beat store or whatever. So I started studying a little bit of marketing and stuff like that. Started seeing like, okay, what's every other producer doing? How are they selling beats online? And, um, you know, most producers are basically doing the exact same thing, right? It's like, you know, you try to get a following probably on YouTube, maybe on Instagram, you know, and then send that, send that traffic to your beat store. It's what, you know, millions of producers all, all do. And so I tried that and it was like a eh, couple sales here or there and kind of sparked my interest. But uh, it wasn't really until I came across Adrian, across Anno Domini Beats, um, and saw that he was doing something completely different with his business, the way that everything was laid out, the way that he was, you know, talking to, uh, you know, his, his potential customers and, and, and his audience um, and creating a real connection and telling a story and not just selling a beat lease, but creating a, an offer and, and really giving more value to his audience and all the stuff that I was like, what is this? Like the way his page was laid out, even was completely, it wasn't like a beat store. You know what I mean? It was, it was, he was using this concept of a, of a funnel and it sort of opened my eyes up to that world. And then from there, you know, I found out about uh, Russell Brunson who became sort of my next big mentor as far as, you know, really opening up my eyes to this whole world of marketing of an entrepreneurship that, you know, as an artist, I, or a producer, but like somebody in the arts, I always felt like, well, I just want to be in the studio all day making music. And like, yeah, I probably should learn some of that business stuff, but it sucks. It's boring. I don't want to do it. And that was, that was my perspective forever. And I feel like most of us have that perspective, but it was really, you know, first Adrian and then Russell that opened my eyes, like, wait a second, like this, this marketing stuff, this, this business game is actually something that first of all, I, I might actually be really good at, which I never considered myself being good at it, you know? And, and not only that, but also something that could actually be really fun and something where, you know, all this uh, energy and focus and creativity and everything that I always put into my music, that I could actually put some of that into this part, into the marketing, the entrepreneurship side. And then not only to start getting some really good results there, but I started really having fun doing it. And that's when things really took off. And then I was able to, you know, 
get some of those accomplishments to where we are now. Where we've got a, you know, we've got a big team of full-time people. I'm, you know, in the studio that you, you got to visit and, um, you know, I, I own my little, my little condo in Marin County, which is like, you know, it's stupid expensive out here. Just, you know, all this, all this stuff that wouldn't have even been on my radar. And, and, and I would say even more importantly, like, you know, I was talking about how I used to hate talking about what I was doing. Now it's like, I love doing this. I love, you know, hopping on a podcast or whatever, right. you know, you know, I've even gotten some opportunities to speak on stage and stuff that like, I would have never even not only imagined that I could do, but never would have thought I wanted to do. Like I'm a, I'm an introvert. I'm shy. Like I'm, I'm an awkward dude. I'm people, people who know me, like, you know, quote unquote in real life are like, yeah, Gabe, he never talks. He's just a quiet dude, like sitting there or whatever. Like, um, so it's very much not like who I am to be somebody who, who does want to speak and inspire people or whatever. But, um, that's kind of where this journey's taken me. So it's, it's, uh, been fulfilling in, in more than one way. And, and now it's kind of, uh, morphed a little bit more into not only, you know, continuing to grow Legion Beats, but also, launching MIDI money along with, uh, with Adrian, which is where now we've got this whole community of producers. Um, and we're, you know, teaching some of the tactics and strategies that we use, but more importantly, hopefully, you know, um, giving that sense of like, Oh, this stuff is fun too. And, um, kind of creating this real community of producers and entrepreneurs, you know, together, um, that are doing both those things and supporting each other, inspiring each other. So that's, that's been my real focus, um, the past really like year or so, certainly six months, um, that's really been more my focus and kind of the, the, the direction that I've been focusing on more. Oh, dude, love hearing your story, man, because it really, it's so interesting how you came to that point where you're really going to quit. You wanted to quit. Um, I've been there. I'm sure anybody listening has gotten to that point where they've wanted to quit. And, uh, it's always so like inspiring to hear, hear people like you go, yeah, like I was going to quit. And then I tried something. It took a little bit more time. Now you're at a place where you're financially stable. You're at a place where I think all of us want to be at, which is doing something we love doing and getting money to a point where you're living a great, awesome lifestyle. So, um, dude, that's amazing. And, and kind of the direction I want to take the interview is like, I, what I, what I, what I'm excited about interviewing you, not just because of your accomplishments, but you have two businesses that each service, one is servicing rappers and artists. One is servicing producers. So it's interesting for me because I do both. And I talk to both and I have people who do both. And so that's one of the things that got me excited about this interview was just thinking that we could get insight for both groups. So I want to start with, with artists. I want to start with, you know, there's so much information about marketing and about marketing for musicians. Right. And so I want to get your take on like, what should artists really be focusing on in terms of, you know, I think, yeah, just in terms of just they're growing their career, fan base, music production stuff, like just in general, what should artists who are in their first to like sixth or seventh year deep in their career, what should they be focusing on? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And it's, it's, uh, it's tough because it's like there's this thing that we first love doing, which is the music side of it, whether if you're a producer or an artist or both, whatever, like that's, that's what we got into it. Um, but then at a certain point, I know, at least for me, I started to realize for me, it took a long time, t over 10 years, hopefully, hopefully other people realized this sooner that like a record label wasn't going to save me. A manager wasn't going to save me. I wasn't going to get a pub deal out of nowhere. Like none of this stuff was going to, was going to save me. Like I had to start saving myself. I had to build my own brand, build my own business and, and really take that 
control of that side of things and not just be the the technician, the dude who's just like making beats and like, I don't know, you worry about the marketing and all the business and all that stuff. Like, it's just not, it's not a, a realistic way to to actually be able to make a living from your music, from from what I've seen and certainly the path that I went. So, um, so I'll just, I just want to acknowledge that first. But um, yeah, for artists, I think for one thing is I always... I like to think a big picture first. Like what's the framework? What's the principles behind why things work? And then, okay, in that context, what are the little specific tactics and strategies that are working now, but understanding that bigger perspective first. So maybe I can start with kind of like the framework of how I'd approach it as an artist. And, and I'm, you know, not, you know, my experience is more on the producer side, but I've gotten a chance to work with a lot of artists and kind of seeing what's worked for people. And so um, what I'd say is kind of the framework is like, First of all, get really clear about who it is that you are serving, right? You talked about like, you know, I've got an audience of producers, I've got an audience of artists, but I'm very clear. And, and that's why I kind of separated those two businesses is because they have different goals. They have a different audience. And I think a very common mistake is trying to serve too many different people or too wide of an audience at once. So first thing is like, get really clear as an artist. Okay, who who is my like perfect fan? Who is that person? You know, in, in marketing, we call it a customer avatar, right? But it's the same idea for an artist. Like who is that person? Like get, get really clear about that. Make up a whole story about them. Or if you have somebody specific in mind, you can do that too. But like give them a name, a background, you know, what are their hopes, their dreams, their fears? Like what, who is that person? And then what kind of um, feeling do I want to give that person? What kind of result do I want to give that person? And that's where everything starts from, right? So maybe it's like, hey, you're, um, you make music that's, you know, inspirational, or you make music that's, um, you know, about partying, or you make music that, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's no judgment on it. But having some clarity, like, what is the reason why people are going to come to you and not somebody else? And really, that reason is because they want a certain feeling, right? That's, that's right. like, what we're motivated as humans is by feelings. Everything we do is because we want a certain feeling. And so people are going to come to you. They're going to listen to your music and, you know, consume your content and be a part of your community because they get a certain feeling. So like, that's the first thing. Okay. Who is that? Who is that fan? And what's the feeling I'm going to get them? And yes, as an artist, of course, you want to branch out and be, you know, do a million different kinds of music and a million different kinds of, you know, fans. And that's totally fine. But like, start, start somewhere, start specific um, and then you branch out from there. Otherwise, you're you're too broad to start. So that's like first step, right? Um, and then from there, now it's like, okay, um, where where are those people hanging out? How can I get some awareness about me? Like I figured, okay, first I got clear about who that person is and the feeling I want to get them. Now step two is like, how can I get that awareness? How can I let them know about me? And so that is now you understand who that person is. You can figure out where they're hanging out. You can figure out who are they following on Instagram. You can figure out um, you know, what Facebook groups are they in or discords or, you know, who are they following on, you know, uh, Twitch or where they subscribed on YouTube, like wherever, right? Like where, who already has that audience? What brands, what people, what, you know, what hashtags are they using in their pictures? Like, like how can you find those people? Right. Um, and now all you have to do is get yourself in front of, you know, in those groups, right? So if it's a discord, then join that discord and start talking and giving value, right? If it's, um, if they're following somebody on Instagram, start, you know, being a part of, you know, commenting and pick and, and um, uh, you know, see, seeing who else is commenting on their pictures and videos and start doing that too and start seeing who else is commenting there because those are your potential fans and start having conversations with them, right? Now you're, now you're getting in front of those people. Maybe it's um, another artist who you know has your ideal fans. Maybe you can leverage that, that audience by saying, hey, do you, you want to get on a track with me? Can, you know, can I... Do you want to work together? Can we do a collab? Maybe there's some exchange that can happen, whether if it's, if it's paying them, if it's, you know, an artistic exchange, whatever it is, maybe that artist is at a point right now where like 
there, you can't, you know, do that, but you can still leverage their audience. You can still go be in that community. You can still, if you're running Facebook ads or Google ads, you can still target them as an interest, right? So that's another way to go after that audience. So that's step number two is like that awareness. So like step one, get clear about who that person is, figure out where they're hanging out at and the feeling you want to get them. Now where are they hanging out? At? Okay, cool. So I got clear about that. And then it's just putting yourself, you know, in front of them, right? And then next is how do you actually get that, that fan, that, that follower um, from Instagram or wherever over to your platform? Because when they're over on Instagram, it's, it's, it's not traffic you own. That's, that's Mark Zuckerberg's traffic, right? If it's on YouTube, that's Larry and Sergey, the dudes who run uh, Google, right? That's their traffic. They, they own YouTube. Um, and what happens if you rely on those social media networks too much is they're going to change the rules. It's just the way that these things go. They grow, evolve, they change um, to where you might be getting a bunch of organic reach one day where you post something and a whole bunch of people see it and then they change the rules the next day and all of a sudden it's a, a pay-to-play platform, right? Um, it happened with Facebook. I'm sure it'll happen with Instagram. You know, YouTube changes their algorithm all the time. Like, it's fine. But the problem is, if you're only growing your following there, then as soon as they change the rules, now you can't talk to your audience anymore. So now the trick is, how do you get them off that platform? How do you get their email address or their phone number to where you can now actually speak to them directly? And now you can start ascending that relationship. You can start actually talking to them. And then the last step, and I know I've been talking a lot, I'll, I'll wrap this part up oh, this here. Is great. <laughs> the last step is like, okay, now, now how do we actually make some money? And now it's like, okay, cool. We've you know, we've, we've gathered this audience, this tribe of people who, you know, I'm giving value to and, and, and you're giving, you're giving them that feeling, right. That they're, that they want to get, and they're getting that from your music, of course, but also your content that you're putting out there, whether if that's you talking on video, whether if that's you doing a podcast or, or writing a blog or writing emails, you know, whatever format that comes out in is putting that content out, giving them that feeling. And now you send them up to like, okay, well now how can I actually sell them, um, you know, products and services and experiences, right? And that becomes, now it's not just about, okay, I'm gonna, you know, slap my logo on a t-shirt, right? But it's like, now it becomes your, your, um, your music, your art, your, your beats, whatever it is, is about that feeling. It's about creating that feeling for your community and they feel like they're a part of the tribe. And now all of a sudden it's not just that, oh, I'm throwing on a t-shirt with a logo on it. No, now they put on that t-shirt and it transforms who they are. They feel like they're a part of your tribe, of your community. It reminds them of that feeling that they get when they consume your content, when they hear your message. And now it becomes way more valuable. Now it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to like slang some t-shirts with, with the logo on it. It's like, no, like I'm hand, like this, this means a lot more than that. Right. And then you're, you're, you can also, it can be services. Maybe it's, you know, some kind of group, you know, coaching or consulting or one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe it's, um, you know, experiences, maybe that's concerts, you know, might not be in person. It could be a virtual concert. And, and how can I make that experience incredible where maybe there is some kind of one-to-one -one interaction or, you know, and, but it becomes so much more meaningful when you don't skip those first, whatever that was, three or four steps and you try to jump to right. step number five, because, because they're not ready yet. But when you do that whole warm up process and you created that, that community, that tribe of followers and fans, now you transition into, you know, the selling the products, the services, the experiences, and it's so much more meaningful. So that's, that's kind of my outline for how I'd look at it. And then with that framework now, it's like, okay, how can we get specific on the platforms that are working now and, and into the strategies and stuff. But that's kind of like the, the big picture of how I'd approach it. Right. Yep. No, totally. And the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking who, where, and what, right? The, the framework that the whole business plan that Russell Brunson has talked about in dot-com secrets. And yeah. um, so Dude, see, so thank you so much for just that whole framework is crucial. And I, and I feel like it's crazy what you said. That works for literally any business. It could be rappers, producers, dentists, freaking basketball coaches. It could be for anybody. Um, 
I want to really, I want to zoom in on one part of that for rappers specifically. I want to zoom in on the getting the growing your email list, right? Essentially getting traffic that you own. And first of all, before we go into the zooming in, I, I want to know like, cause I think you might've shared this in the MIDI money group. Do you have an example of why it's important to do that? Cause I feel like you had shared this thing about your Facebook messenger list. Oh yeah. Recently. Like, can you talk about that on, on this and share why it's so important? Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned, that's actually a great point. Cause I did mention, uh, you know, that these, these social media platforms change the rules all the time. Right. Um, but there's also like, they can literally just shut down your account, which I think is what you're alluding to. Right. right. It's, it's just what happened to me on, on messenger. So, um, yeah. So like to explain the changing the rules part, like, you know, anybody who's like grown, Oh, do we, uh, we cut out? No, so I'm anybody? good. I just okay, was good, like, good, good. pause. Cause I'm like, I know this story. <laughs> I thought like, it was frozen. <laughs> Um, so, so like, you know, if, if you took the time to like grow your Facebook following like five years ago, um, at the time it seemed like a really good idea. Cause you post something on your Facebook fan page, you could have a hundred thousand followers and like a whole bunch of them would see it. I don't know if the, you know, 50,000 of them would see that and they might click right. that link and go over to wherever you wanted to send them. Maybe it's your new album is out, like whatever it is. Right. And then all of a sudden they change the rules and now, you know, Facebook is completely a pay to play platform. So you, you post something on your, your Facebook profile and like nobody sees it. There's no organic engagement. Now you can pay for it. It happens to be like, you know, an incredible pay to play platform, but that's, that's a whole different thing. If you had just spent all, you know, a bunch of time and energy and money getting as many followers on Facebook, now it's basically worthless because you still have to pay every time you want to talk to those people on that platform. But if you've taken the time to actually get them on your email list, it doesn't matter if that platform evolves. Or, you know, if you suddenly get shut down. So I had been um, growing my Facebook Messenger list, which you can use Facebook Messenger in a lot of the same ways that you use something like email. Um, they opened up their platform, I don't know, maybe about three years ago to where you can do stuff like um, you can have automated messages where, hey, if they, you know, they opt in, they sign up for that list. Now they get, you know, message number one on day number one and message number two on day number two. And you can, you know, do real time, you know, blast where you can send out a message to everybody who's on your messenger list. Um, this, you know, sort of the same way as you can on email, except unlike email, you don't own that list. Like Mark Zuckerberg owns that list. I can't take that messenger list and bring it with me over to another platform. It's, it only exists there. And so I was actually in the middle of running our biggest uh, sort of campaign for the year um, mm -hmm. towards the end of uh, 2019. I was doing this big contest that, you know, leading up to our, you know, big launch of a, a beat pack. And in the middle of it, we were growing our messenger list. And that was a part of the whole process. Facebook message, our Facebook messenger got shut down. We had like 60,000, 70,000. I don't know. It was, it was definitely Ooh. over 50,000. Yeah. Like, which is very valuable. Like it was incredible at first, you know, for the first couple of years, like I would literally send out a message on messenger and 50,000 phones would vibrate. And my message would pop up. Right. That's how incredible messenger can be. Um, until it gets shut down. Right. Uh, and now they're, now they're even more strict about stuff like that, where it is harder to send out those blasts. But, um, yeah, so it just got shut down in the middle of that. Like, like not only can I no longer reach all those people that I've spent all this time and money and energy and effort growing that list, but like I'm literally in the middle of this launch to where it's like I have to completely change how this whole thing's structured because it's part of the whole workflow. Um, and it was like, man, it, you, you know how it is. It takes so much time and energy to build these, you know, these, these processes, the, you know, we call them funnels, but just, just sort of like what does that workflow look like as far as, you know, what do they see first and what's on the second page and what are the emails? Like, like all that stuff takes takes a lot of time and energy. Um, and so luckily, you know, I've also been growing my email list at the same time. So 
it was, I don't want to say it was easy to pivot because it still sucked, but at least it was possible to pivot. I still had all those same people I had on Messenger, 100% of them, I had their email address also. So I was able to save it in a lot of ways. Like we had to do a lot of fast work of like, okay, we got to change how this is laid out. But I was able to still reach out to those people and say like, hey, like here's how the contest works now. It's got to go through email and whatever. And like, I could still talk to those people. I could still have that one-to-one relationship. Mm. I didn't just instantly lose out on 70,000, you know, valuable leads that I had, uh, which I would have if I hadn't got them over to my list. So that, right. that's the importance of that list. Um, you know, and countless examples of, of stuff like that, where it's, that's like on the negative side, but even on the positive side too, like once you've grown that list and you have that good relationship with your list, the opportunities are huge. You know, um, like we'll do um, stuff where like, you know, like Adrian, for example, he, he, he'll launch his next beat pack. And so we'll be, uh, it's called being an affiliate for that, for that beat pack where like we get us, you know, a special link where somebody clicks that link, it gets tracked as, Hey, we referred this person and now they get, you know, this great deal on, you know, this package of beats and whatever he's offering. Um, they don't pay any more for it, but I get a little percentage of the sale and, and so does, so does Adrian, right? It's like a great way to do business. And so, since I have this list, since I have a good relationship with the people who are on that list, now I can email them and be like, Hey, my buddy, Adrian, like he just launched this B pack. It's incredible. Like you should definitely get it. It's a great deal. Uh, again, it's win-win for everybody. They click that link. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, I can make thousands of dollars by sending out two emails because of that relationship with that list, because I've created that list. Um, and because, you know, they trust me to be like, Hey, if I say this is a good deal and they go check it out, they're like, yeah, this looks good. You know? And then, mm. um, so that, that's the power on the good side of having that list. Just one of many examples of where, you know, now it becomes, it becomes easy. You've done the hard work already and you can, um, I don't want to say cash in, but you can, it's like putting money in the bank, you know, whether if that's right. goodwill or that's building that relationship up to now you can, you know, you can spend some of that capital, um, by being like, Hey, here's, here's a great deal. You know, let me the sale we're having or that somebody else's right and really the other piece of it too is is you're just you're adding you're, you're you have a chance to add more value to people because I, I actually had gotten an email from you today because i'm on your email list and it was about instagram and the email had all this value and then the call to action i was like okay maybe he has some instagram course or something it wasn't it was literally just hey shoot me a dm at this like and it sent people to the legion beats link and i was like oh this is so like that opened my eyes because as I've read dot-com secrets and expert secrets, there's a piece in there that talks about emailing every day, which I'm, I am open to doing, but it was talking about selling every day. So for me, I'm, I'm just starting off as a producer with my funnel. I have one funnel. So I'm like, how could I sell the same funnel? I can't. Cause it's, what if it's a deadline funnel? I can't sell it every day. So seeing that email from you, I was like, okay, this is dope. Cause this is just value and engagement. So that next time I open it, because I might now open an email and I'm more like, okay, it's, it is not just him trying to get my money. It's also like yeah. him trying to actually like give me value. So that was really helpful. Dude, um, that's, that's, no, I just, I just, just real quick. That's yeah. so, it's so important because I think, um, you know, it can be easy to get caught up in like, okay, everything's got to be about the sale. And I think ultimately if you don't have a plan to make money, then you're not going to be able to do this for a living. Like it's got to be part of your plan. But, you know, you do have to be conscious that you have a relationship with those people. You know, you start, sometimes you start seeing those numbers and you're like, oh, I have 50,000, I have 100,000 people on my list. And you, you just start seeing a number. And it's like, it's not a number. Like there's a human being. I'm sending that email to Lee. Like those are all human beings. And it's, it sounds weird, but it can, unless you're conscious of it, you can start to forget. Like it just feels like, oh, I'm just sending out numbers or something. You know what I mean? Um, so just like any relationship, people, people can sense that if every time 
you're emailing something, it feels like you're just asking, then they're not going to open those emails anymore, right? And, and there is a way I think that you could do it where you could mention something that you're selling every time if you wanted to. But in that email, there has to be value. There has to be a reason, something that you're giving them, giving, you know, teaching them something, giving them some inspiration, uh, some humor. I don't know, you know, some value to where they open that and they're like, oh, great. I'm glad that I read this, whether if I click this thing and, and buy this thing or not. Um, you know, it's, I still wanted to open it. And so, and now, and now that relationship, now you're building that capital up so that, uh, so to speak, so that they are going to keep open those emails. They are going to click that link because you didn't trick them into like, Hey, you know, I'm telling you one thing, but you click here and, and it's something else. Right. Um, and just to get in, you know, we've been talking so big picture to get a little tactical too. Like the Instagram one is a great one because something that's working right now is like Instagram still has organic, organic reach right now. Like you post something on Instagram, a certain percentage of your followers will actually see it without you paying any money, which is awesome. You know, put it up in your stories, you know, you can get a lot of people to, to see that. Um, but all that's based off of an algorithm where Instagram is doing its best to figure out what does this person want to see when you open up Instagram, you know, which stories pop up first, which, which things actually pop up in your feed. And it's this whole complicated algorithm that it's figuring out. It's like, it's trying to decide, well, what is valuable to you based off of your interaction with that profile in the past. And also that specific piece of content, if it's getting a bunch of engagement, it's going to show up more. So when you tell, you know, when you have somebody, um, when you've had a DM conversation with somebody, Instagram goes, oh, these guys are friends. Like they've DM'd each other. So now when I post content, if we've already DM'd, then Instagram's going to push my content closer to the top. It's going to get, mm -hmm. that person's more likely to see it for one, They're more likely to engage with it, which then is going to tell Instagram, it's like a nice little feedback cycle. Oh, people are interested in this piece of content. It's going to show it to more people. So just even from the tactical you know, standpoint, you know, send out an email that says, Hey, shoot me a DM, a DM on Instagram, you know, and, and give value. It's not a trick. You know, you're, you're still giving value, Totally. you know, teaching something that email, you know, tell them something, have it be when they DM you, you know, you, you say something nice, you know, whatever it is, like you're, you're giving value, but also you're, you're growing that platform. You're actually going to get your content out to more people. Yeah. It's, it's built. It's another way to build a relationship with somebody that that's essentially what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something I want to know, like, Okay, if you're a rapper or an artist or a songwriter and you're trying to grow an email list, mm -hmm. what I had trouble with was now I'm a producer and like it's easy, bro. Five beats, 10 beats, 15 yeah. free beats. <laughs> what do you do as an artist, bro? How do you get someone to opt in? What are ideas that like you could give for, I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're just a musician trying to grow that? It's harder. It's definitely harder, right? As producers, um, there's a little bit of an advantage, like you said, because, um, you know, there still is a, a audience, you know, rappers and singers, like there's a lot of value to those beats. So it's something that that's a great, you know, they call it a lead magnet, right? Something that you're giving in exchange for that email address. Um, so for an artist, you know, getting, you know, trying to make that connection with the fan, trying to get them on the email list, don't be like, hey, you can download an MP3 of my latest single, right? That's like, right. that's that's not even value. That's an inconvenience. Like, I don't, where am I going to download your MP3? Like, I don't know. Like, is it on Spotify? I'll go listen to it, I guess. But like, you know, so so to me, it's, it really can't be that. Um, so instead, it's like, okay, what kind of value can I bring this person? So first of all, it goes back to what we talked about the framework. Well, who is that person? You know, what are right. their hopes and dreams and fears? What do they want? Um, what, and what feeling am I trying to get for them? Right. So now you can make it something connected to that, right? If it is that, Hey, I'm somebody who's, you know, um, inspirational or, 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 Hey, maybe I'm somebody who teaches about, you know, the business and marketing side of things like, yes, I am an artist, but, but that's one of the things I bring. Now that free leap magnet, the thing that you're giving in exchange for the email address could be, uh, hey, I have a, a little, you know, train, a video training that I put together that's going to, 
um, you know, teach you about marketing or something. I don't know, teach you how to get more Instagram followers. Um, or, huh. I mean, that, that one's not a great So, example. so let me, let me just share yeah. my, my thought. I have this theory yeah. about it that I haven't tested. Okay. So, so my, my theory is that music fans who will buy music, the value they get from their favorite artists is the relationship and kind of like more access to that artist. Like I would buy, if Drake put out a documentary, but you had to buy it, I would, no question, I would pay for it. I'd pay 20, 40, 50 bucks to watch a Drake documentary um, because he's one of my favorites. So I think, and this is kind of, you know, I think that my theory for what a funnel would look like would be a Facebook ad of your music video that should be a great music video, maybe another music video that's retargeting, then retarget them again with a conversions campaign uh, or, or a traffic campaign of, do you want to see the behind the scenes of how I did this? So, some, some kind of like a, I don't know what else to do. Like it would be like, you can have the behind the scenes and fucking, you could have like background images for your phone, like that are sick. I don't even know, but maybe yeah. that would work. Like, what do you, what do you think of that? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're definitely on the right track there, um, which is once you've gotten some awareness, when, once people are, have some excitement about who you are and your music, um, then for sure, then it's like about, okay, let me give you more access, whether if that's like, you know, some, some extra content that's like, hey, here's me in the studio, here's a, you know, a private, you know, a stream that, you know, you can only get access to if you're on my email list, right, where you see me working in the studio um, or, or whatever it is, you know, some kind of like behind the scenes, some kind of access, documentary, whatever, um, for sure. Um, and, and step one for that would be like getting really good on that awareness side. Like you said, um, you know, having a great music video that captivates people and you could run a, you know, run a campaign where it's like, hey, I'm just trying to get video views on that and, and you know, have it something where like, uh, by the way, this is a big mistake that people make in their music videos is there's like a slow fade in of like a logo or something. And like, and then it's like some cool thing. And then like the song starts and guess what? While that cool fade in was happening, your favorite, you know, your, your potential fan is like just scrolled right past your shit. Like they're Ooh, not, that's they're, they're, right. So what you need is something in the first three seconds uh, in NLP, they call it a pattern interrupt. It's something where like you're scrolling. I think about for, you know, if you're just going through Instagram or Facebook or wherever, like you're just trying to like have some fun, see what your friends are posting or, you know, be entertained for a few minutes. So like, what is it that you can put in there that will make somebody stop scrolling for a few seconds and be like, wait, what is this? Right. So maybe the headline is like, you know, the dopest freestyle you ever heard, question mark, question mark, question mark. Right, right. I doubt it. Let me listen, you know, or, or whatever. Like, you know, this is what they don't want you to know, or, you know, it doesn't, Totally. I know that all sounds super clickbaity, but you got to do something to stop. It works though. You know, and then, and then hopefully you have great music that actually, you know, keeps that in, but you do have to stop them from scrolling somehow. Um, And then from there, it's like, okay, now, now they're excited enough about it. They've seen me, they watched that, that music video and I can retarget them. So I think you're right. Um, I got to try that out to test it literally. Like, I feel like I just need to put the money down to actually try that and see if that would work. Yeah. It's a bigger it's a bigger upfront investment um, because you have to get enough of that awareness that people are excited enough to be like, yes, that free access sounds exciting. Like if they have no idea who you are, what am I getting access to? Like, I don't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so that's tricky. Um, You can also like, if you do have something like, what is that feeling that people are, that you're giving to people, right? Or what is that, you know, if, if you talk a lot about, you know, it could be, it could be whatever, I don't know, maybe it's sneakers or whatever. And, you know, like, or anime, I don't know, something. And then there, there's something that people are opting in for that's related, even if it's that thing that's just adjacent to the music. 
Um, right. I think that that can be a lot of times the way to connect. And then that community becomes, you know, centered around, yes, your music, but also whatever that feeling is, whatever that theme is. Um, so if you can give something that's related to that, I think that that could be, you know, that that can work as well. And then, and now they're kind of yeah. in and now you develop that relationship, you know, with that as the first little thing that you're kind of going in on and then, and then, you know, introducing more content and what you're talking about in your music and all that kind of stuff. Huh. Okay. I, I, yeah, I got some ideas. That's dope. Huh. <laughs> Okay. So perfect, man. I think we got a lot out of that. Let, let's talk now. I want to, I want to kind of, um, well, actually I can't, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, uh, well, let me, let me ask this then. Okay. Cause a friend of mine, a friend of mine asked me about this, me and me and my friend Keith, shout out to Keith Datu. He he's also a producer and an and artist. Um, and we both have feel each other on this, that there's rappers who are in our DMS wanting to know how to get promo or how to promote themselves but their music sucks and like they're literally like they do not sound good i know you're not as mean as me like i'm way more upfront, so i'll just say it like they don't sound good and and, and like the problem is they don't need promo they need better beats they need better they need to get better right but it's like as a business person we just need to provide them what they want so like how do you what how do you, what, like when artists are trying to think about like what they should be focusing on, like how do you know when your music is good enough to the point where you should be promoting? And then also like, what can you do to make your music sound better? Yeah. It's not, not easy. Not an easy question at all. Um, because God, like, uh, it's hard to know, right? I think sometimes artists really don't know. They, they might, sometimes they're, overconfident right and they think yeah i'm there and they're not and sometimes they're like well you know i just need to practice more and more and then and then i'll start focusing on promoting it's like no like you're you put your stuff out there like you know of course every, we're always growing and evolving um and it's so hard to know because i feel like i want to say like yeah just you know when you're ready you're ready but it's like i don't know that artists always do know um so it's it's tough i mean you kind of have to do your best with um, getting feedback and it's so tricky because depending on who's giving you feedback, it's hard to know. Like, you're right. Like I'm, I'm kind of nice. So I, I might not tell you honestly, like you're very so, nice. You're a good person. I am I too. Mean, I don't like, know. Maybe whatever the reason, maybe I'm just afraid, you know, you're probably a better person for telling them they're not, they're not there. I don't know, whatever it's without right. the judgment on it. Either way. It's like, <laughs> how do you know who to trust, you know, or, or who's saying like, yeah, yeah, it sounds good or, or, or whatever. Um, and ultimately, the only thing that really is going to let you know for sure is if complete strangers like your music. And kind of the only way to really know that is to put yourself out there in some kind of way to do some kind of, you know, quote unquote promotion or whatever. Like the only way that people are going to discover you is if you put some effort into that discovery side and then you start to get some of that feedback from people that you don't know. So I almost feel like you have to do at least a little bit of it. I do agree that, you know, in the beginning, most of your focus be on creating that art in the first place whether that's you as a producer making beats or as an artist you know making that art you know making your 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 songs your vocals you know your lyrics all that kind of stuff delivery you know the mix all that stuff better and better and better um to the point where like it's ready for people to hear it but i'm almost afraid to say that because i feel like so many producers and artists use that as an excuse where it's like well you know once it gets this good then i'll i'll finally right. release the album like oh, i'll have 10 songs i kind of like but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna store those away i'm not gonna put them out because the next 10 songs are gonna be even better and then the next 10 songs are gonna be even better it's like no that's not the process the process is like create the stuff put it out get the feedback from people and then 
keep doing that over and over and over. And you'd only really get that good feedback by actually putting it out in the first place. So to me, it's like, mm. you have to get better and better at your craft of making music, but you also have to get better and better at your craft of, you know, marketing and entrepreneurship. And it's like, why not practice both those things together? If you, if right. both of those are important skills, then I kind of feel like we'll practice both of them. And that's how you're going to get that real feedback on your music anyways. And maybe you won't like, maybe you'll realize like, damn, I got good at this marketing side, but my music sucks, but you'll get that feedback. Trust me. They'll let you know. Like right. if you start getting good on the side of getting attention, like people are not afraid to let you know you suck. So um, <laughs> right. I mean, I know um, one thing for me growing up, like when I first started music, like I started when I was 17 and obviously I wasn't good when I started out. And so I was super lucky enough to have a couple of friends who were really, really brutally honest and they would go out of their way to critique me, even if like it wasn't that bad. They would try to make it, they're just like, cause we know you're competing with, you're competing with Drake and J. Cole whether you like it or not. So like, you're really not even close. And so I was lucky enough to have just like my friends were like, they were like that. And then I, now all my friends who are artists, we've created that group where we know we have like that understanding of like, when we get in the studio with each other, we know we're not just trying to compliment each other. Like we're all trying to look for things to say that's not good about each other's music. Um, and the cool thing about it is when our friends say, dude, I have nothing to critique. It's good. You really know it's good. Right. Um, so, okay. So that's awesome. Let, let's switch gears and talk. I mean, how much time do you have? So I don't, uh, I'm I good to for at least sure. another 15 minutes. I'm, yeah, I'm good to go. Let, let, let's switch gears. Okay, let's switch gears to producers. But I want to try to get some stuff out of you that maybe you haven't talked about, right? Like, you've talked a lot, we, not on this interview, just in general. You've talked about producers selling beats to rappers. Um, you know, and for those of you listening right this second that haven't heard any of Gabe's interviews, go listen to the Cymatics interview and the producer grind. Those are the interviews where Gabe really breaks down the framework of a funnel. What I want to know is what if you're a producer, let, let's, let's talk about some other revenue streams as a producer. Like producers could also sell loot packs and drum kits. They can do mixing mastering. Like what are, like, how do you take that framework of I'm selling beats to rappers and then what, how do you make it so that you're a producer servicing producers, for example? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a easy transition because I mean, really like, I guess you, you kind of like you, you revealed my big secret when I, when I gave the framework for the artist, like, yeah, that's just, it's just how you build a business. Like right. that's, that's all I'm talking about. Right. It's just like the, the framework for building any kind of business really. So, so once you start getting good at that process, then you can really apply it to, to different things. Um, and the process of, for example, selling beats and selling sample packs you can basically do the exact same things. Now, obviously the product itself, you know, the exact way that you're going to speak to that specific customer, the result that you're getting for that customer is different, but the process is the same. It's still about, okay, who is that person I want to serve? What result do I want to get them? You know, where are they hanging out? How can I build that awareness? How can I now take them from that platform over to my own platform? How can I now, okay, now they're a lead. How can I take them from a lead to a customer? How can I elevate that by providing them with those products and services and experiences that are about, like, it's the same thing, right? Um, so, so yeah, so that's the first thing is like, really I'd follow that same framework. Um, and once you've started, start getting good at this, you can do the exact same process. Hey, I'm going to have them, you know, opt in to become a lead for, you know, instead of some free beats, it's a free sample pack. And now it's like, right. Hey, I put together this, this offer. That's like, you know, a sample pack plus, you know, some consulting plus whatever. 
Um, so it's that, it's that same process. And part of it is putting together that offer of like, what are you giving people that's different than what everybody else, you know, if every producer in the world is, is selling a beat lease, um, or every producer is selling a sample pack, well, it's like, okay, well, what can you put around that that makes it more valuable than what everybody else is doing? How can you combine that with different products and services and experiences that specific, like I'm making this with that exact target audience in mind and I'm making it like play to my skills as best as possible, right? So it's not just uh, a sample pack, but now it's like, well, maybe um, I'm also, like you said, maybe I provide mixing and mastering, right? Maybe you're like, hey, you're a producer, I'm a producer. Um, but what I've found is like the mixing piece is super important. So I'll, you know, I'll mix and master your beats for you. Or, you know, maybe it's, mm. hey, I know you need help with, um, you know, growing your email list. So I'm going to teach you how to do that. Or maybe it's like, hey, I know uh, you need help with your social media. So I'm going to give, so I have this service that helps with that. Or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be is like, how do you create that offer around the thing that you're selling? Um, and then it's like literally the exact same process and then you can have fun with it and it can be all, you know, you can structure it all kinds of different ways. Um, but yeah, it's really that same, that same process. And the people that I see killing it are like, you know, you mentioned cymatics, they just did a huge launch. Um, but it's the, it's the exact same process. It's just like, you know, you build awareness, you build excitement for this thing, you put together an incredible offer and then you release it. Like it's, you know, it's the right. same, it's the same process. You grow your list. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That, that's, I think that's that answers it. And, yeah. and that's kind of what I was thinking that you were going to say too. And one thing that I've learned through my own journey is that when I was coming up, um, my whole, my whole thing was like, I need to get the blueprint from someone. I, I kept looking for that exact blueprint that I could just copy and follow. And that's why I bought certain courses and books, but I've honestly come to realize that Yes, there are courses that you can follow. Like I'm, I'm a part of the MIDI Money Group Producer Funnel Secrets, and I pretty much am following that that framework. But there's also other things that I'm doing that aren't mentioned because it's just not mentioned. And so I've learned that what's really important is that you got to take the foundational stuff that, like Gabe, you were just talking about at the beginning of this, and trying to, like, that's just one thing I've realized is just try to get as many skills as you can, marketing wise and music wise, and try to just come up with your own way to like, it's like your skills are like your building blocks, like your Lego pieces for your brand career and business. That's yeah. kind of the way I've seen it. You know, How, totally. for you, like what are some skills that make you, you've got tons of different skills. Like what are some of those skills for you that you've accumulated that have helped uh, your career? Man, it's, it's been quite the journey. Like it's, it's changed and evolved over time for sure. And that's, that's part of what's fun about this game is like learning different stuff and then seeing how you can apply it. Um, I know for sure, like for a long time, even before I got into like the marketing side of things, um, being an engineer, being somebody who can record and mix and master uh, was huge for me in my production career because it was the way that I was getting in the room with a lot of these artists because they wanted to come record with me because I, you know, I'm a good engineer. I can, I can, you know, record fast and, you know, I know the little quick keys and I, you know, I have a decent ear and I can make it sound good and give them like, you know, have them walk away with a rough mix that sounds as good as a lot of times the final mix they're used to getting somewhere else or whatever. And like, so that was, that was something I really honed and really was conscious of like, let me get as good at this as possible. Let me learn every Pro Tools quick key I can possibly imagine. Let me like have an incredible Pro Tools template where like, I can pull it up and with a couple quick tweaks, it'll sound amazing. Like, so I was really conscious of that, of like, yes, the thing that I'm more excited about in a lot of ways is I want to make beats for, for artists, but like, I still liked engineering and it was something that I realized was a huge advantage. Like, you know, a lot of times the engineer, by the way, is the person who's playing beats for these artists. Like that's how, that's how it would be like, 
like I would have the login for all these, these artists emails. Cause they just, they'd sign in on, on the studio computer. And this is how it is for most engineers. Like they sign in on the studio computer and it's just in there and they're just like, yeah, just go through and start playing some beats. And so you're the person who's controlling what beats are getting played like all the time. Right. Um, it's basically, it's funny. There's like a certain, uh, at a certain level, every artist who comes in for the most part, is like pull up this beat off YouTube. And then once they get to a certain level, it's like, open my email and we're going to scroll through the millions of beats that hella producers have sent me. It's like, that's, that's basically like between those two, that's like 98% of the artists that came in. And then a few were like, Oh, I just bought this beat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but a lot of them were like, I'll pull it off YouTube or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to record to it. And then if I like it, I'll go buy it or, you know, whatever it is. Um, or, or it's going through their email. And so it's like, wait a second. Like this is putting me in a position where I can play them beats. Like I can play them my own beats. I'll be like, Oh, hey, check it out. I just made this last night. Like they're, they're ready to hear some beats. Now I can actually play them my own beats. And by the way, that's a quick hack too. Like if you're trying to get a placement with an artist, become friends with their engineer. Like that was, you know, for me with uh, uh, E40 was like, you know, becoming friends with his engineer and being but like, bro, let, you know, let me shoot you some beats and be like, okay, okay, okay send him now. He's like in the studio. He's ready right now. Like send me some shit right now. You know, and it was having that timing is, is big. So that's just one example of where, you know, another, another skill, you know, we're not even talking about the online marketing world, but just that transfers over. Right. And then when I started really building Legion Beats online, mixing and mastering was a huge part of what we were doing. It's kind of evolved. We still do it, but it's not as big a part of what we do. But I was taking that same skill set and being like, okay, how can we create something, you know, that includes that? So then it was like, you're not just getting beats. You're, you know, you're gonna get a song mixed and mastered and, and that turned into a whole membership and this whole thing that was built around these other skills that I had acquired. And then now it's turned into, well, now I've learned about all this marketing and entrepreneurship stuff. And now that's, you know, more exciting to me right now. So, so now I'm, I'm going to create a business around that and cool. I'm, I can teach this stuff. And now that becomes its whole own, you know, little vein to kind of, to go down. And now it's like, oh wow, now that's opened up opportunities where now like people want me to be on their podcast and talk like, that's weird to me. Like that's, that's literally wow. only been in the last, you know, year, less than a year you know, that anybody's ever like asked me like, Hey, will you be on my pot? Like, that's crazy to me. Like, why would you, I don't know. Why would you want to talk to me? But, but now, right. now I've become more used to it. And now it's like, Oh no, this is fun. And now I've got, you know, I've been able to speak on stage and be on some of these big podcasts and, and shows and summits and you know, all this stuff where it's like, cool. Now that's a whole nother skill set. Like public speaking is like its whole own thing. And now I'm learning about that. And so, um, I think it's just being open to that. where like, bro, a few years ago, I would have never imagined, I would even want to do this stuff, let alone be able to do, you know, to speak and stuff like that. Like wouldn't have even been on my radar, but sometimes just being open to those different things will take you down these different paths where now you're somebody who now I can have all these different skills that I can um, give value, whether that's to, you know, my, my audience, my customers, or to, you know, form, you know, strategic partnerships where it's like, Hey, I can reach out to, you know, whoever, some big producer or whoever it is and be like, Hey bro, like, do you want me to take a look at, you know, you know what you're selling online or something and and now it's like oh yeah please please do that like you're you're the money guy cool let's do that and now i've been able to form all these relationships just like mixing and mastering was now it's like oh i'm the funnel guy okay cool fine that's me now great whatever like it doesn't even matter it's just it's just whatever like skills you're learning that becomes a thing that's valuable and uh and now you can you know apply that to your business right major gems right question. there i went off on oh yeah totally no you you talked about a lot of different <laughs> skills man like and just in general, I feel like one thing, um, one thing that's helped me and one thing that's helped you that I think the listeners can get is like, when I started out, I was just a rapper. You started out, you're a producer, you're an engineer, but as we've grown, like, dude, I'm, I'm now I started producing. And with that comes piano playing, mixing, mastering, making beats. And then it's like, all right, I got to learn about funnels. Same with you. You didn't know what the fuck a funnel was. And now you're like, you could build a funnel, you know, you build funnels, you could do Facebook ads. And 
to me, that is the, that right there is the biggest thing that I think artists from years zero to seven or whatever are lacking is they're only one thing. And they, it's tough, bro, because I feel like when I was coming up, I, I used to hear the advice of focus, like just be one thing. And it's hard because you do need to focus, but that's almost bad advice. Cause I used to take that advice and it held me back from doing other stuff. What yeah. can you say about like, about that, like focusing and, and stuff? Man. Uh, yeah. It's not an easy one at all because yeah, it's like on the one hand, it's what you just said. And what I was just saying of like, you know, learn all these different skills, do all this different stuff because absolutely you can apply all those things. But it is true. Like if you try to do too many different things all at the same time, you're not going to get amazing at something by, right. you know, only doing it for a short time and then do something else for a short time. You know, so I would try to look at it as being conscious of it and being like, okay, I'm going to try this, let's say this new skill set. Maybe it is, you know, whatever it's mixing and mastering or it's, it's Facebook ads or it's, you know, whatever it, it's public speaking, it's creating video content. It's uh, you know, whatever, whatever that process is. Right. And then starting to go down that, that road a little bit and being like, okay, cool. I'm starting to get a sense of, yes, this is something I'm excited about. This is something I'm getting good at. This is something that, you know, can bring value to, you know, my audience or, or partners in the future. Um, and then, and then keep building on that, like get really good at that thing and now build on that and get really good at the next thing. Cause I, I just worry, I know for myself, I'll just speak for myself. Like I definitely have that shiny object syndrome thing where, you know, even right now, like I have two businesses, I'm trying to build a third, like it's not smart, you know, that's not a good idea really. Um, but it's hard not to, because it's like, man, I want to try these new things. I want to, you know, flex these new muscles on it, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's not an easy answer for sure. But I'd say yeah. one thing is just you're never going to get great at something if you don't stick with it long enough. So, so I don't want people to use that as an excuse as like, okay, well, let me try something for a few minutes and then this, this thing for a few minutes. And then I'm going to decide this doesn't work. Cause I tried it for, you know, a couple weeks or whatever. It didn't work for me. So that, you know, that thing doesn't work. So now I'm going to try this thing. Um, you know, take some ownership of that and, and really like dive into something if you're going to dive into it and then build on that. Don't like, you know, leave that thing behind. Yeah, no. And that's some real talk. Like, I think for me, that's helped. Like, was like I when I finished college um 2017 I was only an artist but like right when I graduated I was like dude you got to produce so I started producing just for myself and then I started producing for other people then I started getting paid and I was like dude I'm getting paid faster as a producer than a rapper I should pivot but I never fully pivoted till just like a month ago to where now like I almost basically decided like I'm not going to put out music for a while right now because I just I know like I think one thing that's helped me is just getting really, really, really clear on my goals. I know exactly how much money I want to make as a producer. Um, I even kind of like sort of have like a, I don't know, like, like kind of an exit strategy. Like I know I don't want to just produce forever. I want to be an artist. I know, but producing is so fun. And I love like talking with artists so much that like, but I know that point where I'm going to go, okay, now it's time to go back and maybe hire out for the producing and then pivot back to the artistry. So I think that's helped me, but I kind of think that like for the first two, three years I graduated, the shiny object syndrome kind of helped because I was able to, that's how I learned about entrepreneurship was what's this video? What's this video? What's this course? And it's like, dude, just put it on your credit card. I'm not telling people to do that, but like put it on your credit card and just learn. And for three years, I kind of like got my own little master's degree. I like to say, and now I can focus it. Like, yeah can you kind of give any kind of encouragement to people who maybe they're going through that kind of like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm like struggling. I don't like, is there any kind of like positive words you could give people for that? Yeah. Well, uh, let me, let me start 
negative and then I'll, I'll bring it around, which is, bro, I struggle with that today. I struggled with that this morning. Like, damn, there's like 10 things I want to be doing and I'm trying to do at the same time and I'm not sure which one I should really focus on and I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, I, I still deal with that. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm at a place now where, you know, if you ask me a, a year ago, two years or three years, I've been like, oh my God, I'd love to be at that place. So, um, so the, I guess the bad, the bad news and the good news is like, to some extent, at least for me, that's part of the journey is like always kind of feeling like, well, you, you, you know, you're never there. I feel like when, especially when I first started out in music, I thought it was like, you're either like in music, you're trying or you're on. And it's like, you made it right. It's like, you're in one of these two groups. And the more I learned, the more I was in this world, the more I realized like, that's not true at all. Everybody's just trying to get to that next level. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, whoever, if you're whoever, uh, you could be Drake or you, like they're trying to get to that next step. You know, you could be Russell Brunson and he's trying to figure out, okay, what's that next move? What's the next thing? Um, and, and he doesn't know, you know, he's got more experience. He's obviously great at this game, but he's trying to figure it out just like you and me, just, just a regular dude. You know what I mean? And, and so um, that's the first part is like, hopefully the, the, the bad part of that is like, yeah, you might always have that feeling, but part of it is having the acceptance of that and being like, you know what, this is, I'm in this for the journey because the journey never ends. So if you're not in it for the journey, do something else because that that's just part of it. It's just the process. And if you think, Oh, once I get to this level, then everything's going to make sense. It's all going to be crystal clear. I'm going to have, you know, all this fulfillment. And like, no, if you don't have that right now, whatever level you're at, getting there is not going to give it to you. You know? Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's like getting comfortable in yourself and being like, okay, this is who I, I'm a, I'm a human being and I'm trying to figure it out every day. And that's going to be the rest of my life. Cool. Now I've accepted that. Now it's like, okay, now here's the next step. Um, and then from there, it just becomes like getting better and better at that skill of trying to figure out, okay, I do have these 10 things. And honestly, I, I was saying that it, it doesn't get better. In a certain way, it gets worse because as you get to these next levels, these next levels, now the sun is not like, instead of just like, well, I think this could be cool or this could be cool or this could be cool. It's like, oh my God, people are, are literally contacting me with all these really good opportunities. And it's like, oh yeah, I should do that. Oh my God. Like, how could I turn that down? Like, oh, I should do that too. And so you have to become good at the skill of now. It's not just like, well, what do I think is the best route? It's like, what's, which, how, what are the nine thing, good things to say no to? So I can say yes to the one great thing so that I can, you know, make the right next step. Um, so in a way you can, it can get worse where it's like this overwhelm of like, oh my God, there's like so much opportunity here. Um, and so it just becomes about, again, that acceptance of like, all right, this is the game. I'm going to do my best with the information I have right now of like, what, what's the best next step, um, based off of what I've learned so far. And if I don't know, I'm just like you said, I'm going to go crazy and learn as much as possible and then start trying stuff and implementing. That's so important. Like not just cause what you did that you didn't really say is like, not only did you learn, you, you know, you said you kind of got your master's degree by, you know, you know, consuming all this content and learning and taking courses and stuff, but you implemented, you did, you practice, you, you're doing this stuff too. That's the part, that's where like the real learning comes. And then that's where you start now based off that. Okay. I'm starting to get a sense of what works for me. I'm starting to get a sense of what I like. I'm starting to get a sense of what gets results. Let me, let me focus on those types of things, that type of activity. And now I'm just going to make the best decision about what's next. And now I'm going to do that for a while and then hopefully it's going to open up some other opportunities and based off of what I know right now, I'm going to make the best decision I can and I'm going to accept that and be okay with that because that's, hey, guess what? That's what I'm doing until I die. So better accept it now. Right. You do it. I love it, man. That, that, that's, that's really great that you said all those things. Um, and it kind of makes me think about like success. Like I always thought about like the idea of success is a concept. Like success isn't somebody that you can say excuses to. So when people try to come up with like reasons 
or whatever you want to say. And it's hard because like I am empathetic to the point where if you have like a child or you're freaking married or you have to like people have to pay bills, whatever it is, like I, I respect all of that. And the hard truth of it though is like in your head, you know what you want and like those things are in your way. And so you can you can like say they're stopping you because they kind of are, but at the same time, bro, that's your definition of success that we're talking about here. So it's like it's hard to it's it's so hard to say like like you really do just have to craft your own life and you have to kind of you have to kind of get rid of those however it is you need to craft your life to to, to get to that point that you really like want to get to because there's really no there's no good reason for why you can't get there it's hard it's hard because people have really good reasons but it's like but that doesn't matter your success is there you're here you need to get there it's you know what i mean um yeah Man, so I just I want to respect your time because we've gone for like just about an hour here, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, just like any like, where should people go to find out more about you? And just kind of like, where can people go to find out about the MIDI Money Program and the Producer Funnel Secrets Program? Yeah, for sure. So if you are a producer, and you want to learn more about you know all the stuff we've talked about, and come hang out with Lee and and all these all these cool producers that are doing this stuff. Um, Probably the best place to go is midimoney.com um, and uh, kind of learn about what we're up to. Um, you can also, if you're an artist, head over to uh, legionbeats.com slash free, give you some free beats. Uh, and if you're a producer, go there too. So you can, you know, funnel hack my process. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, follow me on Instagram, Legion Gabe or Legion Beats. If you're a producer, Legion Gabe, uh, artist, Legion Beats. Or if you want to hack the process I'm doing for both those audiences, you know, check out both. Shoot me a DM. Let me, uh, l- let's game the, uh, the algorithm a little bit and our content will, will show up in each other's feeds first. So yeah. Right. Man, one thing I want to just kind of like, I want to boost like the producer funnel secrets program guys. Like the fact of the matter is I don't need to be in the program. Like I'm in the program cause it's awesome. Like it's fucking awesome. It's, it, it's literally changed my life. And I'm going to say why for a few reasons. Number one, the actual information itself is great. Um, it's teaching you the framework of everything Gabe said in the beginning of the interview, but it's really in depth and it's very, very like practical, tactful. How do you come up with your customer avatar? How do you build the funnel? How do you write the emails and how do you get the traffic using paid advertising? Like it's exactly everything you need. And you could literally take that framework and apply it to being an artist, being a producer, whatever. So that's number one. Number two, the Facebook group is, I've been in many courses before. This is to me the best Facebook group I've been in because there are producers like Billy Big Shots and Wishmaster who've got these, and, and you and Anno Domini who, who are like, very like decorated producers, literally a Facebook message away. I've never gotten a no response from any of those four people I just named. Wishmaster really has has gone above and beyond and even talked to me on freaking Zoom for an hour critiquing my funnel and we turned it into a coaching call and it was like, dude, this guy's like on, but he's helping me. And and there's, dude, there's literally hundreds of other, there's like two, over 2,500 members in this group and it's super like, it doesn't seem too spammy. Like I've been in groups where it's very like spammy and it's very like, Hey, this is like a waste of time. But this is like, there is a group of producers who are literally making money, like real ass money chatting with you. And so that's another piece of it that I just think people just need to know like this program. And I've tried to put, I put so many people onto the producer funnel secrets program who I think they need it. And so 
Um, so, so yeah, so Gabe, anyway, that was just my plug guys go to midimoney.com. Like if you're a producer, you have to go to this website. Um, uh, man, I should have gotten an Thank affiliate you. link before this whole thing started. What? <laughs> I know, huh? No, it's all good. <laughs> let's let's uh, set it up. Midimoney.com slash what? Slash Lee? Lee to get, yeah, let's go Lee. Lee at Lee, Lee letters. Lee, what do you want? You, you name it. What's your name? Midimoney.com slash Lee. That's my affiliate link Bam. official. We just made it. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, thank you. Know, Gabe, thank you so, so much for coming on, bro. I appreciate it. Guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod, leave a rating review, go follow Gabe on Instagram, and I'll talk to you guys later. Gabe, thanks, man. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Appreciate it. I won't let you do me wrong. Do me wrong. Put everything in every song. Take too long. Take too long. I'll admit when I'm not strong. Yeah. Uh, I won't let you do me wrong. Put everything in every song.